irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Dave's Good Vibration Station with Dave Cohen, right here on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to Dave's Good Vibration Station here on LATalkRadio.com, the world's most listened to internet talk radio station. vibration and all things good from our hearts to yours welcome once again to the vibration station i'm your host davy and we're here to raise your vibration that is what inspires us we breathe it we live it we eat it we drink it it is what well actually we everything's vibration so whether you like it or not welcome to the world of quantum physics today's show is very special. As you guys know, we're inspired here on the Vibration Station to bring on people that have dedicated their lives to a higher purpose. And when I say higher purpose, I mean to dedicated their lives to inspiring others, to making people question what they normally wouldn't question, to make people think, right? So if you guys are avid Vibration Station listeners, then you're already familiar with Bruce Rawls. If you are not, well, then you are in for a surprise. I'd like to welcome the one and only Bruce Rawls. How you doing today, brother? It's such a pleasure to have you on the show, as always. Here's I'm spreading. doing great, David. Thanks for having me on your show, as always. Spreading wisdom, knowledge, and... Um, Really, I mean, more in-depth and and useful information about the cosmos, sacred geometry, the relationship between I am and the exterior. You know, you, you've really harnessed in a wonderful and, and legible manner um, these principles that encompass the universe and man's relationship with the universe. For those of you that um, aren't familiar, make sure to check out geometrycode.com. Bruce is the founder of that, along with the author of, of course, The Geometry Code, Universal Symbolic Mirrors of Natural Laws Within Us, Friendly Reminders of Inclusion to Forgive the Dreamer of Separation. Still to this day, my favorite book title ever. I love it. I'm glad you like the title. I just tried to cram a lot of stuff in there. That's all all that was. But well, anyway, brilliantly crammed it was. <laughs> Bruce, I'd like to start today's show off um, with, with a question. Well, listeners, today's show is about sacred geometry. Uh, we're passionate about sacred geometry because of what it represents. Because of really what we are, sacred geometry. Um, so I'm going to start this show off with a question for our brother, Bruce. And this question is, Bruce, in your words, what is sacred geometry? For, for, the, for the person that 
has never, maybe they've heard sacred geometry, maybe they are familiar with the flower of life, or they've seen a couple symbols, but, you know, they, they, what, what would you tell a first-timer? Well, what is, it was, hey, Bruce, what's sacred geometry? Well, I, I have, thank, thank you for asking that question, because that's a really good question, and I get asked it quite a bit. I have sort of a canned, you know, elevator speech, as they call them, where, where if you only have like 30 seconds, it's basically, oh, it's kind of the, the stuff that Da Vinci and Plato and Pythagoras and all those kind of folks down through the ages have been fascinated with the relationship of uh, form and shape and proportion to the natural world and, and then man's use of it and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of a, a quick overview. But it really goes a lot deeper than that because obviously um, the, the whole foundation of what we call reality is based on uh, uh, mathematics and, uh, and and that's kind of what I, how I got into this is I, ever since I was a kid, uh, well as long as I can remember, I always kind of wanted – I was one of those you know annoying <laughs> kids in the class. I always want to know why. I, I wasn't too verbal about it, but I more inwardly was kind of like, why why is this that such and such a way? Sure. And uh, sure. and I always kind of wanted to know more importantly, what what doesn't change. You know, what can I rely on? What What is consistent, no matter who you are, where you are, what time it is, you know, what part of the, the you know, side of the street you're on or what side of the galaxy you're on or anything in between. Exactly, exactly. And, and, I, and I, you know, mathematics quickly became, you know, kind of fascinating to me because, you know, the laws of math don't change. And of course, right. there's you know, there's other physical laws, you know, and chemistry and physics and and some of the biological and material science and you know, things like that 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 kind of tie into it. But I, I was fascinated with the idea of proportion and and shape and form, which really kind of led me to uh, looking at the work of people like Plato, um, right. for whom the Platonic solids are named after, because uh, Plato was basically a, a, a tremendous proponent and advocate of the idea that uh, what we see are merely symbols of ideals, that uh, Im- and those ideals are embodied in form, but the form is not the reality. The right. form is merely an expression. So our bodies, uh, for example, are expressions of an idea, just as when you pick up a, uh, a cell phone um, and you look at all the technology in it, that's an expression of an idea, yes. or in, in this case, a lot of ideas, <laughs> yes. that, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of, you know, human years of effort have gone into those kind of things. Right. But in the same same sense, you know, we can look at everything in our material world as being an expression of thinking. And, and what I've found in you know metaphysical studies, and that, that seems to really resonate with me, is and, and a lot of others I've discovered too, is that we we really can tie you know tie it down to just two thought systems. Uh, there's a thought system of inclusion and one of exclusion. Yes. Or stated another way, there's there's a a, a, a system of thinking that relates to uh, totality as being inseparable. And then there's a, a way that is basically uh, the intent behind the other thought system is to fragment and to divide. And unless we examine our thoughts carefully and without condemnation or without judgment or anything, but but just kind of watch them, we'll discover that a lot of the thoughts – so actually I want to in a sense kind of bring in <laughs> uh, Freud as well as Plato, you know, if we're sure. dealing with classics here. Absolutely. Um, because you know, hey, uh, bring the, them all in. We're having a sure. We're having well, a that the Freudian <laughs> idea of, of the mind and, and projection, I think, is really important because right. it, it kind of ties into Plato's idea of, of, of symbols. Because uh, if if everything we see is an outpicturing, uh, you know, through our physical senses, uh, everything we experience is uh, through all of our senses is a vibratory feedback mechanism right. for our thoughts, then that gives us an opportunity to examine the nature of our thoughts and, in particular, the ones that are comfortable and the ones that are not so comfortable. And uh, and I think that is a tremendously helpful feedback mechanism to see what's in not only our conscious mind but our unconscious mind. So, I mean, I, and we've covered that in tremendous detail and length in, in previous conversations. So, probably – Rather than jumping into that too much, I just want to preface it with that because I think I think that um, can be a way of looking at how we look at the world 
from the the microcosm to the macrocosm, from from quarks to quasars to you know from the, the smallest subatomic particles to to galactic scale things, and discover that that proportion and shape um, can reflect an inclusive um, paradigm or thought system. Or it can reflect a fragmentary one that is divisive and, and tends to, you know, make differences more important. So, so even right. even as I was, you know, years ago studying these both two and three dimensional shapes, and then discovering that there's four and and more dimensional <laughs> polytopes, as they call them, right. and and kind of exotic fun stuff like that to to try to wrap your head around. Um, there still was this 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 longing to know what doesn't change, what is consistent, what is the sameness, where is the the similarity, and and we could even start just with those kind of classic shapes, uh, you know, circles and squares and points and and triangles and pentagons and hexagons and and in two dimension you know two dimensional shapes, and then when you go to three dimensional shapes, you have spheres and pyramids and 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 cubes and and then that gets into this whole realm of of what's called the Platonic Solids, which was named right. after Plato, right. uh, who again was the one who basically said, "Well, okay, even even um, a line drawing of these five shapes named after him, which are the the tetrahedron, the cube or hexahedron, the octahedron, dodecahedron, and icosahedron, which have respectively." Uh, four, six, eight, twelve, and twenty sides. All of them with equal side lengths, wow. uh, equal faces, equal angles, and uh, they're also duals to each other. So, so anyway, we, we could you know go into that in a little more detail. But I just wanted to just start out with the idea that that these um, shapes. And I'm looking at the the introduction page on on my geometry code website that a lot of people have looked at over the last couple decades now, I guess, um, and even 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 though these these are very uh, primal elegant shapes just the mere fact that you have pixels of of light and dark on a screen to to look at them those again are are abstractions they're they're basically symbols of of an abstract idea and the abstract ideas i think is what what plato was trying to get his um students to to look at and, and I think we right. could follow that example very wisely because if we can understand what's what's true behind all the different uh, things that we see, right. then that kind of is a master key to unlock um, the <laughs> the deep recesses of our mind. And and that to me is is where it gets really practical because then then we can use sacred geometry not just to to you know design a, a an aesthetically pleasing garden or doing dental reconstruction you know uh for for uh, people who do the, use it for that or or uh, you know people who are making quilts or or uh the the uh, United Nations building is is three golden rectangles stacked on top of each other if you look at that or or wow. da, Vin- da Vinci's paintings uh, you know if you dissect those there's lots of golden rectangles and 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 uh, pentagons and right. and that kind of stuff that have the golden ratio, which is the golden proportion. We could talk in more detail on that for listeners that might not be familiar with that too. Sure. Um, but the but the underlying idea is that there's a commonality or, or a, a shared uh, connection, and to me that interconnectedness is what is makes sacred geometry sacred. I think it was it might have been I'd have to Google it, but I think it might have been um, Einstein. That said, you know, every, either everything is sacred or everything is profane, or something like that. Right. Know? So, right. And, and that's and that's that paradigm again. That's that's which paradigm <laughs> that, are you coming from? That is. And the, and the sacred para- paradigm, of course, is is one where we use the idea of sameness to bring us to a, a, a remembrance of the oneness that we never left. Right. Whereas the 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 egotistical paradigm, which is kind of our unfortunate default, <laughs> unless we look at the contents of our mind and 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 gently wean ourselves from that dysfunctional, maladaptive approach. Um, that thought system basically is is all about making big deals out of differences. So if I make a, a big deal out of what's different between you and me, um, you know, I, on the level of form, we kind of have to do that because obviously I I don't you know get in your car and and 
drive it home. That kind of thing. But but on the level of of, of identity, that's I think where um, the the mystical quality of of this study uh, can start um, having a little glow around the fringes, if you will. And we start to realize, well, there there is a commonality to all of these ideas that I think is sort of the mystical underpinnings that that has even even through all the ages have have carried down from people like Hermes Trismegistus and Plato and Pythagoras and, and other mystical folk. Uh, of all persuasions. <laughs> right, right. Bruce, I'm going to move on to the next question, if that's cool with you, man. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. of course. I actually, um, so I, I I watched this documentary for, it's going to be the second time that I saw this documentary. And this is uh-huh. just, it, it sparked um, some curiosity because, you know, of course, being, uh, understanding these laws and understanding just like you were explaining these multidimensional facets of the human consciousness, you know, understanding that they're present, uh, it leaves a, uh, you could say room for, um, not confusion, but, um, a a desire for answer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this documentary that I watched, it is called uh, DMT, the spirit molecule. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this documentary. I'm sure I, I know of it. I, I, I don't think I've seen it, but I, I watched it in, entire, in its entirety. But I know of it. Yeah. It's, so it's 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 pretty interesting in the fact. Okay, so for those of for those of you that are not familiar with dimethyltryptamine, um, it is a chemical that is found in the pineal gland in the brain. Uh, it's released at uh, two times in your life. Well, actually, every night it's released, but under two circumstances is the pineal is dimethyltryptamine released in the pineal gland. This is when uh, when you dream, uh, and then when you uh, when you sleep, and when you dream, uh, and then when you die. So when you cross from one plane to another. Um, so in this documentary, and I was like, wow, this is going to be a perfect question for this week's show with Bruce because he's just the, the knowledge master when it comes to this stuff and when it comes to geometry. So in this documentary, there were account after account after account of people uh, explaining that when they uh, had their injection, um, now this was a scientific study um, mm-hmm. that was done, uh, uh, you know, funded by uh, f- gov- government funded, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, Dr. Strassman, Rick Strassman, he did this study where he injected dimethyltryptamine, which is an, a naturally occurring chemical found in, in the brain, into um, a, 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 a series of volunteers. They were more test subjects, if you will. And almost every single person um, described going through these different layers of vibrating geometry, like these walls of pulsating geometry and each I mean almost every single person had an account of this experience and then they had you know a a similar yet different experience once they had crossed each of these geometrical patterns each of these pulsating geometrical patterns Um, now we know that dimethyltryptamine is the chemical that is responsible um, for it's it's basically they call it the spirit molecule because well when you cross over to the other plane it's fl- your your pineal your pineal gland which is your third eye is flooded with this chemical and you experience uh, your transition into a new realm now this is uh, obviously up for debate throughout the centuries and many religions and uh, whatever. I'm more going towards the scientific slash quantum approach to what do you think these layers of vibrating geometry are um, in the human consciousness? So when you break down these walls um, of your ego, when you when you go past these walls that you build up that says, well, I am David. Uh, I like these clothes. I like this food. And I do, this is my occupation, blah, blah, blah. When you stop giving titles to yourself and you start just being present, 
I am, I am what? I am, <laughs> you know, uh, you start to break down these walls. And, and this is what these people say that they're doing. They say they're breaking down these walls of ego. And this one shaman uh, that that had this experience on, on the dimethyltryptamine said that um, once he had past the last layer of this pulsating geometry he entered this realm of light he said it was this vast light and it was like nothing but everything simultaneously he had no connection to his human humanness he was just a spirit and he was everything Uh so going back i know that was a a mouthful and i'm sorry for (laughs) unloading that on you but my my question for you to get back to the root of the question would be what do you think these pulsating layers of geometry are that are found once we explore the human consciousness well, that, that's a, a very interesting question, and um, I'm going to have two two parts to the answer. And the first one is uh, since since you mentioned in part of part of that question the idea of of you know releasing one's identity, uh, I'll start out with a, 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 a statement of gratitude for your your uh, f- uh, confidence and trust in my ability to deliver an answer. But I, I'd like <laughs> to state for the record that that I have no more or less capacity or ability or wisdom or whatever than anyone else, and uh, that that's I think that's part of the recognition of the equality uh, and yes. the inclusiveness and the egalitarian, uh, if you will, um, awareness that I think helps us get beyond the, the we-they paradigm, the sort of the specialness, if you will, yes. of, 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 per, of particular, you know, people in our lives and including ourselves. And, that, of course, that's the, you know, the self, the little s self that we think we are is probably the, the biggest obstacle of all because we think that there's you know, and, and again, quantum mechanics, uh, since you've mentioned that a number of times already in, in this hour, um, indicates <laughs> with not too much extrapolation that, uh, you know, we've made everything here up. And, and right. uh, if, 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 this is, if this is a colossal dream of space and time and individuality and, and little poster child bodies that, that uh, yes. you know, hang out as, as little mobile appendages to these seemingly individual selves then that puts it puts the whole thing in a different light you know the idea that we we are one being having this this dream of being exiled into ex- exclusion and separation and and thinking of ourselves as apart from each other uh, and whether whether the the each other is human or animal mineral vegetable you know plasma whatever right. and now now so right. so that's sort of part part a part b is more directly to answer your question which is an interesting one is i don't know <laughs> 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 but but having said that, I mean I think it, 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 only because you know from the standpoint of where we think we are, and we're so invested and immersed in this, these personal identities, you know we're we're kind of like you know nursery school kids all all kind of talking about PhD stuff yes. in terms of you know beyond what our awareness is usually uh, involved in. Yeah. So it would kind of seems to stand to reason that that why wouldn't we? Um, Pick just as we come back into what we call waking life with uh, metaphors that we can relate to, and we know that when we have a certain nocturnal dreams, that we bring back again, like Plato would would call them, symbols that represent things that are probably more abstract in the in that uh, other awareness. So why wouldn't we do the same thing? We would basically bring geometrical metaphors or or things that that have a repeatability to them as geometry often does um, in a way that basically gives us a clue as to the universality of the experience that we're having and maybe that's you know hopefully that's helpful to people that are listening and and I'm glad you asked the question because I never really thought of it and and maybe that you know could be um, I'm just you know throwing that out there as an idea (laughs) maybe that's why we sometimes bring in those kind of geometric uh um, qualities to those kind of experiences. Yes, Be- a beautiful to, answer. 
Oh, good. Oh, please go on. No, no, please go on. Please well, that, on. that was that was pretty much it. <laughs> well, I mean, we, obviously we could, uh, you know, go in into great deal. But I think I think we have opportunities to to touch on that without being in a near death situation. Yes. That, that that when and I think that's where the pragmatic thing comes in is is when we go beyond our judgments and our particularly condemnations uh, and. And since we're approaching an election, this is a good time to, to bring that up as a metaphor. <laughs> yes, I mean, all you have to do is turn on a TV or radio and, and or look at the web and, and, you know, you'll be inundated with all kinds of stuff, you know, whether it's your Facebook friends posting things or, or you know, any number of things. We're, we're just, um, you know, it's a, it's a prime example of how easily we get polarized yes. uh, in terms of the what's in it for me thinking that gives rise to war- warfare of all types and and a two-party system is certainly a, an example of that in our our country but but around the, the globe and and throughout the cosmos uh, it's not just limited to this planet although you know it's a pretty wacko one uh, yeah, right. <laughs> as, a, as an example from what little we know of, of other planets but you know <laughs> there's some channel material that suggests that you know we're kind of like you know, tykes that are in in uh, in a little play, playpen, quarantined until we get our act together, kind of. Thing. <laughs> it kind of is, right? But it, but you know, but, but so I mean, I, I wouldn't you know ascribe too much wisdom or intelligence to the little self that we think we are, but right. the, the combined right. awareness and and the thing and can I go kind you know getting back to that uh, analogy of I've been picking up my cell phone here, um, you know the. The combined strength and and efforts of a group of people with a common purpose or a oh. shared goal, you know, and and you yes. think of wow, that what had to come together wow. to take what used to be, you know, a, um, a, just a smidgen of what a Cray supercomputer could do a couple decades ago, and now put it in a little thing that fits in my hand as I'm looking at my reflection in the little um, plastic cover that I have for it, you know, and it's like. That's that's pretty freaking amazing, and yet that just pales in comparison to the spiritual identity that you your earlier question just alluded to. You know, yes. when these you have these mystical experiences where you realize, wait a minute, I'm not this little tiny self, and then and then that gives way to the recognition that the only way to sustain that is to have that be shared with everyone you meet. With no exceptions, that's and that's where the challenge is, because we want to exclude people. You know, we want to even even. In, <laughs> I'll jump from the political to the geometrical. We yes. even from you know on this this uh, website, I have a little quest, little um, quiz kind of thing, a poll of you know what what uh, of the five platonic saws do you like best? You know, well, there's that was something fun to do years ago, and I, and I don't have that poll anymore, but it was kind of like everybody, you know, put in their vote and, and, uh, 31% said they liked the icosahedron. This was between, uh, oh, let's see, which, what are the dates? It was, uh, okay. From April, 2000 to December, 2003, I did it like a, a you know, two and a half year poll. Nice. And during that time, you know, about a third of the people who took the poll liked the icosahedron better than the dodecahedron. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sort of a silly idea, but but why? You know, right? And 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 why was the cube the least favorite of the bunch? You know, right? Or hex, hexahedron. Well, I mean, that just kind of gives you examples of cultural um, biases and preferences. But but it's to me, it's an, an example of the fact that. Um, we all want to make certain things more and less special. Yes. And we have special love and special hate relationships with everything and everyone. Yes. And and and, and that's kind of normal. And you know, not to feel bad about it, but just can, if we can watch that and realize those are the kind of thoughts that are keeping us from a more consistent mystical awareness where we truly feel that kinship with everyone and everything. You know, that is so true, man. Beautifully spoken, as always. The wordsmith over here, Bruce Rawls. <laughs> hey, for those of you that uh, are just tuning in with us, we got Bruce Rawls on the air, uh, founder of geometrycode.com and author of The Geometry Code. Uh, make sure to pick up a copy on Amazon. You can pick up a copy on geometrycode.com. Um, I, it's one of one of the greatest books uh, I've ever had the pleasure of uh, reading, owning, having, and um, it's taught me so much about not only myself, 
but um, the surrounding universe in which I live in. So thank you, Bruce. Uh, you're, you, you know, one thing, you, thank are, you. you are always so humble, and I just love that. And I, 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 in every situation of my life, you know, I ask higher self to be present with me, and I ask to be um, as humble and uh, equally as um, believing in my own power. You know, there's a, there's a very fine line between, you know, knowing your empowerment and then uh, being narcissistic about something and thinking, well, I'm, well, well, I'm all this. And people, especially people that are, you know, conscious and, and spiritual, they, they tend to get a little narcissistic about their spirituality. They think that they're like the most spiritual person in the cosmos, you know, and, and I get it. <laughs> you, like, you probably you've probably seen some of those those videos. I forget the fellow's name who does the ultra spiritual. Uh, yes, those, those yeah. satires. So some of those are pretty hilarious. But I think I think you just actually shared an oxymoron that might our listeners might want to consider, and that is I'd spiritual person. It. I'd love to. I mean, yeah. because yeah, the I, whole idea of personhood is really basically um, shouting the idea that separation is real. I mean, you know, I think personhood is really kind of overrated. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, so, man. So, so if if we want to have, and, and ironically, the, the the ultimate humility of recognizing that our individual separate selves are, you know, relative to the cosmic scale, even even on the the level of you know this dream of space time, right? That um, understanding and and recognition really gives. Uh, you know, gives way to and, and removes the, the chaff in the mind that prepares us to at least consider and entertain uh, the idea that what if we're all this one being, but we're having this massive hallucination, each one seeming to have a different hallucination, right. where we've got this separate identity and, and uh, separate bodies that have separate little adventures and little stories and yada yada, and and <laughs> and yet. But within all of us, not yes. no one excluded, right. it, there's this awareness that there is this incredible, um, and I, I almost hesitate to use the word power because uh, we're, because of our dualistic language, we usually think of power over instead of power with. Exactly. Um, but this this tremendous capacity, and what if I'm I'm going to wax metaphysical again as if I haven't been doing that all along here. But what if, what if we use that tremendous capacity of the mind to make up this whole space-time dream drama yep. and we forgot that we did it? You know, we, we thought we threw away the key and, and you know, locked it. But, but yes. you know, what if the jail's been open all the time and all we have to do is just, like you say, um, put ourselves in a mental state where we uh, – through consistent practice of of seeing where our condemnations and our judgments keep us separate yes. and 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 look at that not in any kind of a condemning way you know self condemning way because it really if you if you think about it the 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 discomfort with the idea of separation which you could call unconscious guilt if you want um when you internalize it it becomes depression and if you externalize it, it becomes anger you know so those those are kind of the two indicators if there's the least little bit of upset with someone or something else outside of ourselves that's usually a clue that we've made the fragmentation real and we're identifying with the the false humility of of the separate self thinking oh i you know, I can do this stuff on my own. That's sort of the John Wayne, uh, I'll do it myself kind of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, but it's that's, ego. that's it's the, ego, you know? Well, yeah, that's, that's the crazy paradigm that we, we fall back into if we're not mindful and not, right. you know, slowly but surely dedicated to just watching the thoughts that cross our mind oh, yes. and, and look at the fears and the judgments and the, the, the jealousies and the, the, the special this and the special that and, oh, I have to have this and I can't have that. And, and, uh, <laughs> so true. It's so this, true. this endless parade of, of thoughts that, that, that limit us to yes. a dream that we made up collectively, but we've, you know, yes. and then divvied it all up and forgot we, we did it. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I, once again, beautifully spoken, but I think, you know, if we as a, a collective consciousness, uh, as a collective society, um, as a collective community on the planet Earth, 
uh, could realize these exact facets that of you know the human consciousness that that we're talking about. The fact of the matter is that your thoughts create your reality. What you focus on and what actions you take via your inspired thought, therefore triggering an ins- an, an inspired action is what sculpts your reality your you are the sculptor and the you know you we're here to have fun with the clay you know you are you are the sculptor and uh, you get to mold it in any way you you choose and and how you mold that is by focusing just like you said your thoughts in a productive in a in a way that is ego less is possible have a healthy relationship with ego and you know i think something else that gets that really gets in the way of human consciousness especially in today's age with you know everyone being so focused on the external you know what kind of car do i drive what kind of house do i live in what how much money do i make you know what's what does my bank account look like which you know that's all well and good to have a lot of money I I think that everyone should be unconditionally wealthy. Abundance is our natural state of being. You know, creator is infinitely abundant. Uh, You know, there's no no limit to what creator can create. And then that is abundance. But the way that society has created this uh, somewhat of a, somewhat of an enslavement system. Now, society didn't, didn't create it, but the you know you want to call them elites or whatever the people or the beings. That's a whole other show that uh, quote unquote rule the world. Um, you know, there is definitely it's definitely a, a a designed system of enslavement. But regardless of of the dogma that we've put on the idea of abundance and money and prosperity, it's great to have money. It's great to be prosperous. As long as you're doing it to embody your creator, not doing it because you feel like society demands this of you and you're not going to be recognized by your loved ones if you don't do this or make this or... You know, so it's it's basically reshaping your internal paradigm. And when you obviously, as we know, is you know when you sure when you reshape the internal paradigm, well, the external paradigm changes too. So exactly, or or as my friend uh, Steve Behrman, aka Swami Beyondananda, says, uh, when you let your uh, dogma run over your karma, you know you. Uh, <laughs> can have a different result right i absolutely love that i absolutely love that wow i i I love i love to pun and anybody who's on my facebook page will will know that but uh, but i I think it's it's important to have a sense of humor when when we're you know like you say you know playing with the clay of our reality and realizing well this is just a big sandbox but yeah there's nothing wrong with having fun in the sandbox and including you know doing the things that we think will make us healthy wealthy and maybe even wise and and uh but I, I think the more and more if we if we uh, take a look at our investment in the outcome and how much we uh, tie our identity to uh, <laughs> particular outcomes and to specific things happening or not happening, um, it becomes uh, an, an exercise in seeing how futile that can be at times and to, to just have fun with it but not take it too seriously. And I, th- I think that's where the humor can come in. And uh, that helps us be grateful for, you know, the uh, capacity in our mind to choose again over um, – to over- overlook um, the, the tendency, not in a way of overlooking, of, of ignoring, but just kind of, kind of look beyond like those, those, those magic eye posters, if you remember those. Yes, um, yes. Where it looks like a bunch of random dots. In fact, in, the, in the, my first book, I put it, uh, what's called a stereogram, which the magic eye folks use, have a, uh, wonderful examples of those stereograms. Um, in the back of the, the first book I did, I have a stereogram that shows – uh, three or is it six actually? I guess uh, dodeca dodecahedrons, uh, or, or is it stellated? Stellated, stellated dodecahedrons. Anyway, which is just a, a fancy name for a, 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 a geometric shape that has twelve um, uh, pentagonal prisms coming out from it. And uh, but you don't see that until you look past the page. You have to look past the page 
and and I put the little the the three dots on there so that, so that you there were actually two dots. But if you look past the page, your left eye will see the two dots um, toward the left, and the right eye will see two toward the right. And when when you kind of effectively see three dots, that's when you're looking past the page a few inches, and then that that three dimensional shape through the the principle of stereo vision will suddenly just snap into um, into view and you'll say right. wow that was there you know it's, and and the same with those those magic eye posters the same stereographic principle but that's yes. where we're using um, a, a, a metaphoric a symbol of looking beyond something or, or overlooking what appears on the surface to see what's deeper beyond it yes and I think yeah so. oh no no please I, I was just going to ask you one quick question that was uh, could you say that one more time right when you opened uh, opened this this discussion with uh, you said it was beautiful it, um, we attach exterior like the exterior circumstances to make our identity. What you said? Well, I think they do that all the time. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> just, absolutely. Yeah, we we basically you know identify with externals to the point that we don't even know that there's something other than you know we're we're so enmeshed in that for the most part that you know you and and that's why I think I, I have. Uh, yes. um, you know, fun sharing the idea of, of playing with the geometries, and and when I put this first book together, that has it's all the opposite of the the the, uh, uh, the second one, which is almost all text and a few just a few images. The first one was just the opposite. With there's like 1,300 geometric forms uh, in that one. If you count all the little pieces on uh, images around the margins. Um, variations of some of the, the larger images on each page. Uh, I had a blast using a program called Claris CAD years ago. It was about 20, gosh, over 20 years ago now. Um, and starting to put that stuff together. And over a few years, realized I had enough to make a book. But but wow. there was a kind of a mystical process of, of diving into this CAD program and zooming in and zooming out and realizing that, that a lot of these fractal images in particular – um, had the same appearance no matter how far you zoomed in or out. Right. And uh, and and you know an example of that is is uh, the pentagram. You can take a, a five pointed star and draw it in in uh, you know with with a straight edge and compass, or you can use a protractor, whatever works for you. And you'll discover that the the five arms are attached to a pentagon and then inside that pentagon you can draw another pentagram or a five-pointed star and inside that is another pentagon ad infinitum and then you can do the connect the dots on the outside and make another pentagon and then extend those lines to make another pentagram right. so it basically goes infinitely far either in or out and i think that's kind of a metaphor of the idea that that we're in a holographic universe and everything is interconnected everything is yes. is part of everything else yes and and that's just a that's just basically a a, um, like a training wheel idea for us to, you know, when we <laughs> kick those training wheels off, eventually we'll we'll realize that we're all on the same bike. You know, we're we're That's we're good. all the, the same being, right. appearing to have different apparent uh, experiences yes. as different individuals. And and each layer that we identify with is just another layer of that ego. You know, it's like right, um, right that in. What what you just said, I think, is the really the pinnacle of uh, whether there's going to be or not whether when because I am a true believer in that when there's going to be ultimate peace on earth is you know when people stop externalizing the only thing that people have been taught to to associate themselves with is something on the external you know every single advertisement in the world says you're not fulfilled until you have x variable x it could be a car it could be a house it could be a pair of shoes it could be a shirt whatever it is or one of my books or exactly or one of bruce's books you know what that that's what my ego tells me i'm not fulfilled until i have is is knowledgeable books and that's true you know i i could very well tap into all the knowledge of the universe if it is in my dna and it, it is, is in it yours is. too, but I choose to allow my ego, ego to govern 
the knowledge that I allow myself to perceive, and I choose to have an egoic attachment to my books. Now, I'm not narcissistic. I'm not, I don't go around saying, well, hey, guys, have you read the Geometry Code, Universal Symbolic Mirrors of Natural Laws Within Us, friendly, rem- friendly Reminders of Inclusion to Forgive the Dreamer, Separate? I don't do that, but... You do that well. <laughs> well. How much cup of proper... Or how, how, uh, a cup of proper coffee and a copper coffee cup. No, <laughs> no but the, the, the point is, the point is, you know, you, you, you brought up some really amazing fundamental points of our collective consciousness on this planet. You know, uh, w- within each fractal contains the whole within, you know, uh, the words of Rumi, I've quoted this a thousand and one times. Uh, we are not one drop in the ocean. We're the entire ocean in one drop. So when uh-huh. we decide to say, I within myself contain the creative energy of the cosmos, I need not to identify with anything outside of my own internal alignment with the source that is me. When we as a society can accept that there is a greater more vibrating to us and through us each and every single moment of eternity. Until, until we can recognize this, there will, of course, you know, be... Uh, contrast even at this stage there will of course be contrast but not contrast to the point where you feel like going and killing someone because they don't believe what you believe in when we understand that we are all fractals of the same source there will not be war when we understand that oh yes I'm sick I'm ill well this is actually a huge blessing because it's pushing all of the suppression that I've suppressed for my entire life it is pushing all of the suppression up to the surface for me to come to terms with and heal not say I hate you you kill me but say I love you you teach me thank you and as as long as the more we align with these energies and the more that we understand that we are the creators of our own reality and what we think what we do and what we speak we cast like spells into our reality we are magic we are creator and you said it man the ego we must develop a healthy relationship with the ego do not let the ego tell you that you are less than who you want to be you are everything and more you could ever want to be it's just a matter of closing your eyes just do a little do breathing breathe never stop breathing god is in the breath do some breath meditate count your blessings see what you do have every time you eat thank your food every time you use something as medicine thank the medicine and ask for it to heal every cell of your body and that's, and that's part of uh, wonderful uh, suggestions as part of uh, a, a overall practice of remembering that uh, it's kind of to tie into some of the, the geometric metaphors. Um, the point, uh, pun intended, of our existence <laughs> is to recognize that as you, that wonderful Rumi quote that we both love suggests, um, we're, we're all the whole ocean. Yes. We're not the the seeming point or, or drop that uh, appears to be just this little pixel of of, of uh, identity or awareness. It's the that is really the illusion that we're here to help each other remember uh, yes. has no power over our mind, and we can we can transcend that every time we have forgiving thoughts about our. Uh, selves and each other. Uh, and it's not to deny the, our physical experience, but to use the, that physical experience to reinforce the inclusiveness uh, and the sameness that that you know that is our our gateway um, to, technique or tool toward the oneness that we've never left, but we we somehow managed to believe that we we uh, you know blew up perfect oneness and made up this incredibly <laughs> complex world. And, yes. and like you say, there's no fun and there, there's no, no 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 problem with having fun in 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 the the, the sandbox of our mind and and taking care of the, the things in our world that, you know, are very appropriate to take care of, you know, sure. 
physical health and our families and our communities and our and to you know be responsible citizens and and you know do all those kind of things and environmentally and socially active and aware and and you know helping and and promoting kindness wherever we can yes those those are all reflections of that awareness that yes. says i am connected with everyone else i am in truth one with everyone else and oh. and if i forget that um then I've forgotten something very important. There, there's that so wonderful true. movie, if, if you haven't seen, um, that's uh, about uh, uh, an Afghani uh, woman uh, named Malala. And, and it's uh, the title of it is uh, He Named Me Malala. If you haven't seen it, there's some. I, we just watched that, the, my wife and I did the, the other evening. It's really a very a compassionate story. And, Beautiful. Um, they were talking about how, you know, she was essentially attacked. Her father says she was attacked by an ideology, mm, and that's yes. the ideology of hate and differences. And so, yes, so if we yes. if we can embrace the ideology of of sameness, yes. we're we're returning our mind to that that awareness that we never left. And uh, so, so true, that is so true. It's so it's beautifully said, Bruce. Beautifully said. Thank you. Ah. To say the least, thank you so much for once again sharing your Sunday afternoon with us here on the Vibration Station. Wow, you pleasure. are you are the Vibration Station. You know, you you are the energy, this collective energy of the Vibration Station where we get to come together on this beautiful platform, this global platform and reach as many people that that, that need to be reached and tell them this information. I love you with all of my heart, Bruce. You truly are such an inspiration to me and more people than, uh, than you know. Uh, listeners, make sure to check out geometrycode.com and, of course, pick up a copy of the Geometry Code book. Yes, Universal Symbolic Mirrors of Natural Laws Within Us, Friendly Reminders of Inclusion to Forgive the Dreamer of Separation. Wow, Bruce, I love you so much, brother. As the Likewise Ma- and thanks. <laughs> uh, thank you. As the Mayans as the Mayans would say, in La Queche Alaken, this means I am you as you are me. I love you as I love myself. We are one. Thank you, brother. Thank you much. Thank you. All the unconditional love, light, happiness, abundance, joy, and laughter from our hearts to yours. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. Follow us at Good Vibe Station. Follow us on Instagram, Universal Consciousness 1111. And of course, check us out at UniversalConsciousness1111.com. I love you guys so much. Remember that we are one. What you do to another, you're doing to yourself. We are all brothers and sisters under the same sun. I love you guys. See you next Sunday. Peace. Woo!